Hi, welcome to episode 70 of Talk About the Passion, a national acrobat. My guest today is Chris Johnson, and of course this episode is named after the Black Sabbath song. I have to say this episode was a lot of fun to record. Chris is a really interesting guy who has his hands in a number of worlds, engineering, mixing, live sound, uh, performing in his band Summoner, as well as Deaf Heaven, Doom Riders. Uh, we talk about how he got into working with sound and how that's tied into the music he's performed in, in the different bands he's played in. Uh, some of the challenges it is mixing bands in different rooms, for instance, he tells the story of uh, doing the sound for Converge overseas and uh, there being a decibel limit, which uh, <laughs> it just sounds crazy for uh, Converge. Uh, we talk about how he got into the band Deaf Heaven and the, the adventure that's been. Uh, and, you know, Chris is passionate about all these projects he's involved in. And uh, so it was, re- it was really cool to talk to him. One of the projects we talk a little bit about is uh, the Days of Doom live series put out by uh, Magnetic Eye Records, uh, which you can buy through their uh, website. There's four different records by uh, Elephant Tree, Domcraft, I think I'm pronouncing that right, Summoner, and Horse Hunter. Uh, You can buy them separate or all uh, together. Definitely worth checking out all four bands here. Uh, Sound great, especially uh, if you're into heavy music, and they're just perfect live bands, Uh, so sound is, is, is pretty cool. I wouldn't steer you wrong. Uh, Chris also plays on the uh, the last uh, Deaf Heaven record, Ordinary Corrupt Human Love, as well as uh, the live record, uh, Ten Years Gone, that came out last year. One last thing, uh, you can listen to this podcast on all the places you would listen to podcasts. If you like what you hear, why not subscribe, give it a like, uh, all that stuff helps. If you or someone you know wants to be on here, uh, you can message me on social media and uh, we'll talk and try to set something up. I have an Instagram page as well as a Facebook page, and I keep both of those uh, up to date. Uh, Just search for Talk About the Passion podcast. Well then, here we go with episode 70, A National Acrobat with Chris Johnson. Thanks for listening. So I'm here with Chris Johnson tonight. Uh, we're both in a snowstorm in our respective <laughs> homes, I guess. Um, and, and you grew up in Massachusetts? Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. I grew up uh, on, this, on the south shore in uh, Hanson, down in Plymouth County there, kind of towards the Cape-ish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, how, how did you get into music in that, in that area? Um, well, we kind of, you know... Uh, I don't know if everywhere was like this, but we always had the uh, guys that were a couple of years older than us in high school or, you know, when we were in middle school, 12 cent was the band, you know, there's always yeah. some band just a couple of years older that you think are like the coolest people in the face of the earth. And then, you know, you start going to VFW shows and that kind of thing. And, you know, you get your little band together when you're 14 or whatever. And, you know, I think kind of organically, like anybody else, it was that sort of thing. And, um, you know, before I knew it, you start taking some guitar lessons and then, uh, Somebody says, "Hey, man, you wanna wanna get together and compare notes and see if we can try and do this band thing?" And right. yeah, what, probably. What, what kind of stuff were you listening to? Um, at the time, <laughs> at the time, I was very much into uh, like Rancid and like Operation Ivy and yeah. that whole kind of world. That was that was pretty much my my foray into music in general. Was just like, I mean, realistically, like I remember being like, "Okay, I know I want to." 
play guitar, but I don't really know anything about this instrument. Like, you know, friends had had one when we were kids and I was just like kind of bang on it and you sort of make some sound come out. You have really no idea how the thing works. Um, and I decided, uh, like when I was 14, okay, you know, it's time. I definitely want to learn one of these things. And I just kind of gravitated towards bass because, uh, there was something about, um, Rage Against the Machine, yeah. <laughs> like Evil Empire, that oh, record, yeah. I was just like, oh, you know, at the time, yeah. I was like, this is, well, I don't know what that instrument is, it's going, <laughs> burp, 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 but that thing sounds fucking cool, yeah. I'd love to do that, and then, you know, cut to maybe six months later, I started getting into Rancid, and I'm like, holy shit, this yeah. guy is really, <laughs> this guy's shredding, this is really cool, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, at that, at that age, that really spoke to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was actually listening to uh, that Rage album on the way to work this morning. Part, oh, nice! Yeah, I like that. It holds up, man. Yeah, it yeah. holds up. I think uh, I, I always tell my friends the uh, the the second and third record are the record. Like the first one's cool, you know, but it's a little played out. But the second and third have some, uh, and it is it's the bass that's that that I love on that in the, of that bass. Yeah, they, they got them right out right out in front there too. Yeah, and we actually had um, I used to do sound uh, either front of house or monitors, mostly monitors, but at the Paradise, yeah. and we had rage you know with um without zach there uh but with the two other guys singing oh, yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. cool that nice. that was actually pretty sick it was pretty cool to just like see you know the band yeah, in, in yeah. a club that size and kind of be like oh man that's the guy you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> there he is right there <laughs> tim bob or whatever yeah. yeah now were there early uh records you listened to that got you into like interested in the sound of how how music sounds and, and it is produced oh that's a good question um I think it was kind of, I think it kind of came at the same time because it was something about, you know, and again, looking at bass guitar and in those records in particular, it was kind of like this, I don't know what this is, but there's something about the sound of this that's really good. Um, and And I think, you know, it's tough to have, it's tough to make a really good song sound bad in production. You have to really kind of fuck it up to, <laughs> right, right. Uh, you know, I mean, that's not entirely true, but that's, I feel like that's most of the case. So you, if something you gravitate towards um, generally tends to have to be produced, whether it's produced to like a high standard or the engineer or producer, whoever just like really captured the energy of the take and, you know, everything's kind of sitting in the right spot. Right. Um, which is how I would describe something like, you know, like a ranted record or something that I was listening yeah. to at that time. Right. And you could go back in and go, man, the shit actually still sounds like really, really good. And, and it might be simple, like not even doubled guitar is just like a pretty like raw capture, especially with those rage records. I mean, yeah. that stuff, I think most of it, a lot of it is live, you know, yeah. maybe some overdubs, but it's like one guitar kind of panned to one side and it's just like four dudes in a room making some racket, you know, and just well executed and well recorded. But, um, and then on the more embarrassing side of things, again, I was like 14, but I would say something like uh, like a real big fish record. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> not not the coolest music ever, but uh, <laughs> hey. really, really well recorded, really, really well recorded. And again, yeah. at that time, I was just like, I don't really know what the technical side of any of this is, but it's really doing something for me. So right. <laughs> I think uh, I feel like any you know. time uh, like someone like older people like me give anyone shit for like music or you know something like real big fish i, I just have to say like I, you know I, I liked kiss as a kid so i sure know. okay <laughs> so there's no, i don't know i don't think <clears throat> when you're younger anything should be uh embarrassing you know but, that's uh, a good point yeah. i mean we're talking to a band i listened to 20 years ago i probably don't have to be like well you know uh, <laughs> things were different for me back then <laughs> <laughs> but there yeah. are some uh things i'd like to forget that i, I, I was into <laughs> fair enough yeah, yeah fair enough yeah. <laughs> um so when you when you started playing music um 
were you kind of dialed into that, like making sure your sound was right, or were you more or less yeah. hanging on the instrument at first? Well, you know, it's that kind of, kind of, a, kind of a little of both. Um, I was definitely, you know, like anybody, just kind of banging on it at first, trying to make some sound come out. And if you remember early on, like the guy. My teacher trying to, because I, t- you know, I took lessons uh, to get going. Um, kind of being like, you know, man, you should really like, you know, as a bass player, it's cool. And it's funny because he played guitar. He was a guitarist, but he had like an incredible ear. And I would oh, bring yeah. in these ran- rancid records, and he would like tab out all the, sh- figure out what all these crazy bass lines were. Yeah. Um, but anyways, he was kind of like, you know, man, as a bass player, you should really be able to play with your fingers. That's kind of like the important thing here. And I remember kind of quickly being like, okay, I, I like this. And like, especially if you're listening to punk, you're listening to ska, which means you're listening to reggae, which yeah. means you like, you know, tone rolled off, nice thumpy bass stuff as well. But very quickly, you're like, man, there's no way to get that really cool punk rock sound without a pick. And then you start kind of figuring some stuff out on your own and kind of going off from, um, uh, more technical training to just like how do i hold this thing to make some sound come out you know right, you start right. start kind of following your nose on that stuff yeah. um but it's funny like i don't know there, there's i don't know if it's a bass player thing or if it's just a coincidence but there's like several engineers that i know that that are engineers and that's st- that started out as bass players and were all of us were the person in the band that would like figure out the PA at band practice and oh, figure yeah. out how to yeah. maybe make it feedback a little less. And yeah. then you're kind of yeah. like, Oh, I think I understand the shit. And then you're like, well, maybe, you know, yeah, just kind of follow, follow your nose on that. Yeah. You know, yeah, my getting old, into sound. Uh, my old bandmate, Arnie, uh, bass player. Who, he was actually oh, yeah, yeah. In, in, in our band for, for a long time. So gotcha. I could but, see that. Yeah. 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 He's a, he's a sound guy. So, um, uh, when did you start going to see live music? Were you seeing uh, punk stuff, or did you go see stuff I, way young before that? I, so it's actually it's 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 interesting. My parents, uh, especially in the '90s, were like through and through country music fans. So my first like couple shows, it was actually at this awesome venue that um that is still there. I'm I'm like 85 percent sure yeah. in uh, Central Mass called Indian Head Ranch or. Oh, yeah. Right, I think it's like casinos or something out there. Maybe. Yeah, well, no, no. Actually, it oh, was really wait. cool because it's like an outside amphitheater kind of thing in yep. the woods, and okay. it's like right on a lake. It's oh, like, it's wow. such okay. a sick place to have a show. It's awesome. Nice. Um, but so you know, when I was like really young, that's where they they I, I got I got my uh, I guess Garth Brooks would have been a little too big for that. But <laughs> most of the most of the names, man, most of the big yeah. like '90s countries people would hit that on the circuit, you know, at some point. Right. Um, you know, and it's not like like we went to a million of those, but I definitely vividly remember like the first you know couple times being like, I don't, I, this is awesome, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then so then from there, uh, like the first show that I chose to go to, I think the first one was actually a Warp tour. Okay. Uh, and. It was yeah, I was probably like in sixth grade or something like yeah. that, and we went. And I remember Anti Flag being the first band that I technically saw play yeah. music live. I thought that was okay. Here we go, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, so again, not the coolest start, but uh, hey, man, you gotta start somewhere, you yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
and then of course from there you start you know i remember dude i remember my mom taking us to see uh rancid at the avalon and which is so fun again because like you know country music through and through kind of like you know quiet lady not not really too crazy or anything like that and (laughs) we're talking about it after like a thanksgiving or something and you know my aunt was like what do you think of the show and she was like you know it's kind of like a like a bad ride at disneyland where you just (laughs) you you, you start and you can't get off until it's over and you just kind of sit there and then it's over and i was like wow that is a a stellar (laughs) stellar review so yeah (laughs) so she was sold instant fan on rancid yeah but uh yeah (laughs) and uh when when did you start playing music more seriously um i mean i get it's funny because like with that first band my like kind of punk ska whatever band we did we went on one little tour down to florida in the summer of like our junior year of high school which i thought was like the most amazing accomplishment that's ever happened in my life right, at that right. point so it was something about right around there it was like man we've played like about 100 shows with this band now we've now done like a little out of state i mean a decent out of state tour yeah this is this is really cool and then you know Definitely, you're kind yeah. of you, your your tastes kind of change a little bit you know and you know you get into college people start going different directions and um but it was it was about then probably 17 18 or so that it was like damn this is this is this is this is this is kind of what we're doing you know yeah, <laughs> this, yeah. this is everything now that's pretty awesome um, though to, to be yeah. able to travel out like that far that young you know I mean, uh, yeah man i give and i was like the other guys in the band were maybe like two years older than me so they were like just out of high school but i still give them a lot of credit for basically it was kind of this golden era of myspace where you could go on oh, yes yeah. <laughs> go on to myspace you could search uh by city by genre and then you skip to page like 15 where right, there's right. actually bands small enough that might hit you back and want to play with yeah, you and yeah. stuff like that and it was kind of like a no-brainer you know i mean right. certainly it wasn't a bunch of killer shows or anything but there was a couple surprises in there and yeah. you know um i was shocked at how well it went and yeah. you know needless to say it's going to be fun but you know <laughs> people there as well is a, is a bonus <laughs> yeah yeah and uh you had a band riff cannon that's the, the yeah. band that eventually became Summoner. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which is probably the actual answer to that question. Yeah. When okay. did you kind of start taking it a little more seriously? And, yeah. that, and that was about that time. Okay. Uh, and when was that? Um, that was like uh, 2006, I want to say, something like that. So, okay. And all this stuff almost coincided at the same time where I was kind of like playing these like sort of punk ska gigs that i was like kind of like i don't know uh, i don't know how much feeling this anymore and then starting to be like holy shit boris is like the greatest band i've ever heard in my life and you know you start getting into stoner rock and heavy shit and you know god forbid you hear sleep for the first time and it's like (laughs) okay okay now we're getting now we're getting somewhere this is like hitting me in a in a different spot you know um yeah yeah that was that was yeah it was a lot of fun especially riff cannon as a three-piece it was just this crazy like I don't really know. I'm kind of new to this music. These guys kind of know what's going on. And, you know, me and the other guitarists were singing. Yeah. Our thing was to just sing everything unison at the same time, which oh, I'm sure yeah. sounded horrendous, but, you know, <laughs> but it felt really good, you know? Yeah, of course. But, and did you guys record anything? Um, yeah, we did. We actually, I think like anybody who is kind of figuring their shit out and, uh, has access to a recording studio the other guitarist aj went to he was going to berkeley okay. he was like one of the 
micro short list of like actual like rock dudes who were like, I don't really want to talk about Berkeley stuff who went to Berkeley, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he had a studio down in Hanson where we were, were practicing down there. So we recorded an EP with both of us singing and then we like recorded it again uh, when our uh, second guitarist joined and like him and the drummer were kind of like, Hey man, so you're going to sing and you're not going to sing basically if that, huh. if that's not ruffling any feathers too much. And right, I, I right. think AJ was kind of bummed, but it was like, okay, that makes sense. You yeah. know, like once, once we start tracking these dual unison vocals, it was getting a little crazy. And I was like, dude, I don't want to be the front man of the band. Are you serious? And <laughs> yeah. you know, it just kind of was forced into that role and, and then uh, sort of ego took over and I was like, okay, this is actually kind of cool, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, um, at least in a show capacity to be yeah. like, yeah. You know, to be that guy. It's still a little tricky on record being like, <laughs> oh, I have to, you know, I have to do all the vocals and right, write right. the melodies and the okay. guy. Yeah. <laughs> but did you yeah. uh, do much touring with Riff Cannon? Or? Um, we kind of do. We kind of did. I would say by the time because we're, we're probably Riff Cannon for like maybe four, four years, five years or so, and then yeah. we changed to Summoner. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of like in that time, like we decided well i thought i thought riff cannon was a fantastic name but yeah. i came into practice one day <laughs> and uh scott the drummer was kind of like hey man so what do, you, what do you think about the name and they all kind of chuckled i could tell they've been talking about it and i was like right. I, don't, I don't care man so we just named it after one of the songs we had at this time oh right okay. um but uh to answer your actual question it was like kind of around that point where it was like okay we're changing the name to take it a little more seriously because we had sent like we had done yeah that's what happened we did like an ep or like a little three song demo thing and okay. then um decibel got a hold of that and like gave a like quick little one sentence review like in the back how they do those reviews yeah, and all of a sudden yeah. it was like holy shit this might actually might be like kind of cool music that somebody wants to hear maybe we should take it a, a slightly more serious right. you know yeah. <laughs> um and then uh but man with that band we really didn't like most of the guys my with the exception of myself had like for the most part like real full-time jobs and we're just never really in a position to commit to like we never did more than a long weekend you know right, what i mean right. we would do yep. three days Both and Jones, make yeah. it about yeah exactly we are honestly maybe even the best case scenario because you go out for a few days you, you play your ass off because you only got three days worth you know you get as far as philly or something and right. you come home you know yeah, yeah. um but needless to say there's something much more i don't know magical that happens when you're like three weeks into a tour and you're like breathing at the same time let yeah. alone hitting all the notes at the same right, time you right. know it's like just yeah. gets more and more locked in but yeah um yeah you know that kind of had been a, a point of contention at at times because i was like you know i was doing sound at great scott was yeah. like my my job basically and i'm like dude my whole thing is set up for me to be able to go away at a month at a time yeah. and i just knew you know that that wasn't going to happen for the band which right, definitely right. was like a little frustrating at like you know 21 yeah. or two or whatever being like man, I think this music's really good. Like people seem to think the music's good. Like I think we're a good band and it's, it's all, all you have to do is just grind it out for a couple of years. And you know, you could really kind of stake your claim as, you know, I'm not saying we'd be anything big, but to be like of a legitimate band, yeah, you know, but, um, yeah. but you know, that's kind of life takes us in different directions. So yeah. we just focused on making some really, you know, what we thought were cool thought out records and, yeah. you know, play some quality local shows and, and, you know, still do those weekend jaunts, but just, yeah. I, I, I had to have that conversation with myself a couple of times to be like, dude, stop, <laughs> stop pushing the, stop pushing the band. You're going to, you know, it's not, right. it's, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. So take it easy. You know, yeah. do, you th um, do you think when you got to that point, it made it 
took a little pressure off and made it easier to be more creative and concentrate it, on on that kind of stuff. I would say that. I would say that. And, and almost the, the the negative side of that coin is that then all of a sudden you're like you you kind of lose a little bit of ambition to yeah, like to really push and really get in there and really yeah. try and write some crazy cool hard riffs and stuff right. like that. It's kind of like, which honestly. That has a time and a place too, but the like, hey, we're just having fun and and writing some casual stuff, and we'll put out a record every two or three 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 years, maybe yeah. you know, like yeah. that. That's the more enjoyable route for sure, you know. Of course. Um. But uh, yeah, you, you know. You did. Uh, um, Magnetic Eye picked up your uh, the first uh, Phoenix. Yeah. Show. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then that was kind of the thing too, because that was sort of like we did this record and then we changed the name and you know, the magnetic eye picked it up. And, and again, I mean, I picture me at that time. I'm like, Oh my God, how, why can't we just take the ball and run with it? You yeah, know, every, yeah. everything's lined up for it. But again, it's like, that's not what we're doing here. Take it easy. Right. <laughs> you know, you can be like a casual band and still have a record label like that, put out your records, which yeah. fortunately worked out, worked out for us. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, and I love those guys, Mike and Jad, and super, like super supportive and super understanding and very much not like you guys got to play some more. We're going to drop you kind of thing. You know, right. they're like, Hey man, you know, we signed you for this, you know, for like four records or whatever. So, you know, that's, that's all good. And they managed to get us on, um, psycho Las Vegas a couple years ago, which oh, was awesome. like, I don't know how the hell that came about. It was again, I guess the records speak for themselves. Cause it's like, we're playing five yeah. shows a year, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're know. not out there grinding it. Um, but so that, that was pretty cool. That was like a cool kind of like, uh, see, you know, Hey, we got to do something cool after yeah, all that effort we put in, yeah, you know? definitely. um, you know, but yeah, so, uh, in Mag, yeah, I, it's cool to see magnetic eye grow as much as they have too. They've I just know, been kind of great stuff on that. Okay. Signing, signing some really quality bands over the years and like bands that are doing stuff too. It's great. Yeah. And then they just, yeah. uh, Last year, they either got bought out or like signed the sort of co-management something with a much bigger uh, record label called Speaker Speaker Media or something like that in okay. German. So, so they're like a subsidiary of a much bigger thing now, which is actually oh, kind of awesome. cool because, yeah. I mean, for a million reasons, like you know, they just got a, a whole bunch of distribution and yeah. stuff like that. So, so yeah. again, another another level up for those guys was pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool to see that. Nice. Um, mm. now, so as far as recording with Summoner. Uh, mm early on did you have a hand in engineering and that, and that kind of stuff you know the first the first time i really didn't i was going to school for audio yeah. um but it was aj the other guy you know the other guitarist in the band it was his studio and okay. he was going to berkeley and he like knew what was up you know and i was just kind of like taking it all in still at that point right um and then the next record it was kind of more like the two of us or you know um again still mostly him at his studio kind of running things and then but me kind of being like oh can we try this and more of like a coordinated effort um and then that kind of continued and then sort of aj has kind of gone in a different direction and then like the last record i pretty much did everything he you know made some mic choices with guitars and stuff like that but overall it was pretty much like dude I, you know just it's gonna sound good you yeah know, do whatever yeah. you want to do kind of thing and right. I was like, okay cool <laughs> um i think a part of that too speaks to kind of just like how familiar you are with a certain studio and when we did it at his studio he's like dude i i know all this gear yeah. and then when we did the last couple at q division it was kind of like uh this is a bunch of cool shit but i don't know what that well kind of things <laughs> right, okay right. Um, 
but yeah definitely trying to be like as amicable and like mutual as possible like you know like are you sure you know i don't know yeah and that's uh beyond the realm of light this uh yeah exactly yeah yep yep exactly um and then yeah we've done like a couple covers here and there but nothing nothing too crazy yeah oh yeah Um, yeah you did the sabbath one uh, actually acrobat and yeah exactly the the hendrix the hendrix one thanks man thanks yeah i uh I actually went in and listened to that the other day and I was like, wow, this this came out really fucking good. There's an original piece of music in the middle of it. Like we do like a jam and I was always kind of like that, that could have been a song. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Three minutes of like a riff here. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But that's, that was pretty cool. Cause he, Mm. it definitely brought the the, the spirit of that song. It has that weird freak out in the middle and you guys it's your own thing it's cool it's crazy yeah the and the freak out on the original is, is super out there i think ours is pretty out there i was like uh you know at the studio we had like this back hallway and there was like bags of uh cans to be sent out for recycling and i was like rolling those around and recording <laughs> that and shit just like complete nonsense just That's to like awesome. add some weird noises and, and shit in there but yeah nice. that was yeah that was super fun actually it was a really fun one yeah and uh so you're playing with summoner um how do you get hooked up with uh deaf heaven was that when they uh they played o'brien's i i saw them there early like 2011 or so right exactly um yeah no so i hadn't even heard of the band i mean i had heard of them but i wasn't really aware of like who they were or what they were about or really what they were doing or what they sounded like right um until because i have heard of that legendary 2011 o'brien's show yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but i um i don't know how legendary it was they played o'brien's <laughs> um, but anyways <laughs> i uh, i so i got asked or i got recommended to do sound for them they were looking for a sound person for a tour okay. um and i pleasantly was hooked up by steve brodsky who i thought was kind of cool because i didn't really know him all that well in right. 2014 and i was like oh cool great <laughs> okay i'll do That's it awesome. yeah sure and I started listening to Sunbather and I was like, dude, what the, what is this? This is crazy. Like, and I'll be honest with you. There were parts where I was like, this is awesome. And then yeah. there were parts where I was like, this is not for me. I don't, I don't <laughs> right. know. You know, yeah. it just had, you know, again, this was like seven years ago. It hadn't really, it didn't grab me. I hadn't really gone into the real dark, heavy music yeah. at that point in my right. life, you know, um, maybe like a little bit, a little, you know, a little, I don't know, cult of Luna or something, but, uh, yeah. This was just like this whole, I was like, what the hell? Well, you know, what is this? And, you know, you're doing sound for the band, so you got to like kind of reverse engineer it a little bit or at least understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, so in like September or something like that, 2014, I did like a little 10 day tour with them. Yeah. And I was like, this is kind of cool. These guys are like kind of crazy. They were all in full, <laughs> full lunatic party mode at that point. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they had just been grinding and grinding and grinding for like 250 shows that year or something. Yeah. It was like, holy shit. Uh, and it showed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, we, I guess, kind of hit it off. Um, and then I did another couple shows with them. And then I saw, you know, a couple of years in by, we did like, I went down to South America with them for just like a one-off in Chile, but that was another, like, this is pretty cool, cool yeah. bonding experience, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I saw like in, I mean, it wasn't even that, it was like January of 2017, I think I saw them play, because I knew that their bass player had moved um, to New York and they're all like either LA or San Francisco or both based. Yeah. Um and I saw them playing a show with Mike uh, Sullivan from Russian Circles playing 
uh, bass for them. Okay. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what is going What What is going on here? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I immediately was like, you know, are they looking for a bass player? Because I will absolutely put my foot in that door. Like yeah. nobody asked me, but I'm right. going to speak up anyways. Yeah. Um, and that's, pretty, that's like literally what happened. Nobody uh-huh. asked me, but I texted them out. Of, uh, I texted them and was kind of like, hey, man, what's going on? You know, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, dude, maybe that'd be cool. Yeah. And then uh, they, uh, Dan, the drummer, and Shiv, the other guitarist, have um, or had a band called Creepers. It's called Heaven's Club now, but it was like okay. their side project. Yeah. Uh, and they were coming through playing uh, Bright Music Hall. And I was like, I'm going to go over there and mix them. And I, then I was even more like, hey, so, you know, I've been kind of trying to figure out a song or two. Like, what's going on with that? Yeah. And they were like, oh, man, that would be sick. And I was like, that's what I'm saying. That would be <laughs> sick, right? So yeah. uh, I don't know. Eventually it was like, OK, you know, it's six weeks later or something. Hey, we've got this tour coming up. Like, uh, you know, like Carrie was like, can you send me a video of you playing the songs? Right. Uh, and we didn't even end up doing that. But I was just like. Um, I got it down. I think I got it. And, you know, and they sent me the tabs because they tabbed everything out for when Mike Sullivan had to loan the songs. Yeah. And it was just like kind of on a wing and a prayer. They were like, all right, man, well, <laughs> come on. <laughs> let's see what happens, dude. Yeah. We're going to practice like four days before this five and a half week tour. Right. Uh, kind of like don't fuck it up sort of thing, yeah, you know, yeah, of uh, which is insane when I think about it. But, uh, yeah, it worked out. And I was in over my head a little bit. I'll be honest with you. I yeah. had never played nine minute long songs in a right. genre that I was not comfortable or familiar with just yet, you know? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. uh, especially a lot of that, man, like, it's like on Sunbather and stuff, there are so many songs where the bass doesn't really change, but the chords change shape around it. Right. So you're hitting the same note for like 15, 20 yeah. seconds. And yeah. it's like, dude, if you, if you wait too long or you don't change to the next chord, it's going to be super noticeable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah. you know, must... coming from playing, it's like coming from playing local shows and from playing bass, you know, you can goof up and hit some wrong notes and no right. one gets mad at you. Yeah, it's, not, yeah. it's like, oh, that was fine. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. we're in a different ballpark now, you know? Yeah. It must have <laughs> been uh, challenging to, to mix them live too with because the, they have so many peaks and valleys and, and playing Dude, in different it, size rooms. And... Absolutely. Absolutely. But honestly, like as, uh, you know, it, it's probably more frustrating than anything else. But I think if you're you're really trying to do it as a, as a sound engineer, like your whole thing is like, you're almost like a bizarre version of a mastering engineer where you're like, this kind of has to sound the same in every room, even though that's physically impossible, but you just kind of work with it. And, and once you start getting familiar with the songs, you know, where to, you know, push up a fader for a guitar solo or where to pan them out to the sides and, okay, thank God the singer's not singing for a minute. I can mute all that drum bleed and stuff right, in, right. into his mic. And yeah. um, I always like that end of it. I, I feel like uh, I'm just always going to engineer. I don't know. It's yeah. uh, it's it's always been appealing and, and fun to me. Yeah. So any, but, any band that you're in, you're going to have your ear on that at this point, I would think. Exactly. I, I will say real quick, uh, one of the most – challenging uh not that you even asked this question but i'll go for it anyway one of the most challenging like live sound experiences i've had was i did like a week with converge over in europe and you get to places like switzerland and the db limit i mean like the you know ben's hitting a snare drum for sound check and i'm like that's over the volume and it's like well 
like they have shows here right like right. and then you have this you know and everyone's getting kind of you know they're like the band's not getting mad but the, they're kind of like dude neurosis played here two weeks ago like what are we doing and yeah. it's like oh well they just like kind of eat the fine that's like two thousand euro and it's like right. okay well we're not gonna do that so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and you kind of compromise and you know you maybe put something in front of the measurement microphone or you know i don't know it kind of yeah. get tricky with it but yeah um but it's gonna be hard part of that yeah part, part of that i swear exactly i swear it's enjoyable in some aspect of it but there's a certain point where you're just like ah, <laughs> yeah we'll see what happens when the crowd gets here i don't know, you know? yeah it's gonna be but, um, a, a challenge and a half I would assume. yeah um but, so so when you join uh deaf heaven what, how, what size venues mm-hmm. do you plan on that first tour um so it started out so it was a like a co-headliner was it a co-headliner i think so with this will destroy you um and so we played everywhere from you know the first it was kind of honestly i'll give you i'll give you the kind of the 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 short blow by blow basically my first two shows were two sold out nights in a row at um great american music hall in san francisco which is probably like is that where it was? Yeah, yeah. Um, classic venue. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it felt huge, but like reasonable. Yeah. But we were we played two kind of different sets. And again, I mean, like I said, I've never played the style of music before. I've never played this band before. I'm right. fucking up all over the place. You know, <laughs> yeah. we like had a powwow after the first night, and I was like, oh my god, this is this is like crazy. Okay, yeah. all I gotta do is get through this, and then after tomorrow, we'll have like a more uh normal set list i can kind of like hone in on this a little bit but so anyways those are the first couple nights and then we're like playing smaller you know 200 300 cap room in las vegas and we're kind of like in our tertiary markets which is like thank god okay now i can kind of get my bearings a little bit yeah but then on that tour like we played um played the paradise and that was awesome especially because i was still working there at the time yeah yeah um so you know and i think that's kind of the scope you play on the same tour you'll play a 200 cap room and you know hopefully it's sold out but you yeah. don't really know you know yeah. and then you get to new york and you're playing 1500 and it's you know very sold out yeah. and, and yeah. it's 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 interesting to see that kind of peaks and valleys and just the way that you know small towns and small cities you gotta you gotta play those too you know and yeah um but yeah it's that's almost the interesting thing is like and again back to your point as a as a sound person on these tours you're like dude last night i had like the greatest pa it sounded fucking awesome <laughs> right. and now here we are i got like this one's broken i got one thing in the corner and yeah. it still has to sound good or you know god forbid you look at the reviews on yeah, <laughs> instagram yeah. or something <laughs> oh i know right but i don't know yeah anyways yeah carrie and george have a, have a pretty uh vision like a a pretty um obvious vision of the band that's that's i think has progressed into something pretty cool like a lot like it sort of makes sense when you follow it from the, the first record through it, it um, does did you do you have any hand in creativity to the, the other members outside of them like on the uh, so you play you play on the last record uh, Order, exactly Create human love exactly exactly yeah i mean i will say um and uh, part of it might have just been kind of where everybody was when I joined the band, which is like a couple of years older. Right. Um, or at least like when we had started writing that record. And uh, I mean, you know, not to overshare, but, uh, you know, Carrie had sobered up at that point. George had yeah. done the same thing. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're dealing with these like 
bright-eyed, bushy-tailed guys. Yeah, yeah. They're a little less, uh, you know, I don't know, nar- nah, I don't know what the word is. Just, just a much more like accepting environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you know, I thought it was going to be a lot of like hand-holding, a lot of like, hey man, play this and this, and here's like kind of the base part that I wrote. Right. But it it wasn't that at all. It wasn't nice. that at all, which right. I thought was crazy. I was like, holy shit, I get to kind of. And again, I mean, I didn't because that doesn't sound fun either. Somebody right, saying, right. here's here's exactly what I need you to play kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I don't know. I've never done a record with this band. I, I honestly, I have no idea what to think. Um, and like to your point, it's very much like, like in what Kerry said is he's kind of like, you know, I'm not going to be like an asshole about it. But like I've kind of been the sort of like uh you know the the editing part the 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 standard of is this is good enough or not has yeah. just kind of i've just sort of yay or nay it the whole yeah. time and it's kind of worked out you know yeah. and i'm kind of like well you can't, can't argue with that <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah um but yeah like there's parts on there where like there's little noodly little bass lines that i like was really happy with and they were like dude that's awesome you had to do that or like oh in this part you could do one of your little I was like, oh paul mccartney sure i'll sprinkle one of those in there sure <laughs> yeah. you got it man um and then even like a, you know, a tiny, tiny little bit, but like a little bit of vocals on the record and stuff like that. I was like, this is like not exactly what I expected to be walking into. So yeah. um, that that was cool and, and surprising, to be honest. I'm still, you know, it was a couple of years ago and I'm still like kind of stoked on how much sort of freedom and, and like encouragement there was to like this is you know and they were like not a slight against steve the former right. bass player but yeah. they kept being like dude we've never really had a real bass player like yeah the previous bass players that we've had have been guitarists that we've yeah. just kind of been like hey man do you want to play on this you tour and bass, then, they, right. then yeah you want to play some bass you know yeah. um and you know for lack of i don't know dexterity i'm very much a bass player that's like my primary instrument you know yeah, yeah <laughs> so, of course um but you guys tore that record yeah, yeah, man, we toured, we toured, and that was like, uh, I mean, again, it was a real step up because when I came into the band, it was like the very tail end of uh, album cycle of um, New Bermuda. Yeah. So it was like literally the last tour of New Bermuda. Right. We did a couple little two week things here or there. We played a couple. Somehow we played with Danzig for a few shows, which was very oh, awesome. interesting. Nice. And then it was like, boom! Now we're into writing the record and and then recording the record and all that. So. Um, and then that kicked off the the record release tour for that was like their second tour in a bus. The first one, it was out of necessity because you're right, chasing right. a bigger band. You know yeah, what I mean? Course, you just kind of yeah. go, okay, I guess we'll eat all this you know money that we have to. Yeah. But this was kind of like, okay, we're going to sort of push it out there a little bit more. We're going to try to like have a light show and have like a big backdrop and, and you know, just kind of like push it and make it bigger. And yeah. Um, that first tour on on OCHL was awesome. I will oh, say yeah. that it was really cool. It was a summer tour. It was kind of long, but like, you know, and like the um, our friend Stevie, the drummer's girlfriend, was there the whole tour on the yeah. bus with us, yeah. and like kind of girlfriends came and went. It was like it felt like a summer camp tour. Nice. It was like really cool, and we had our friends filming and stuff. So. Yeah just kind of shenanigans with that and sending the drone up around the, you know, uh, we're down in El Paso and photo, photo, cameraman's like sending his drone around near the U S border. And he's getting <laughs> these like error messages on oh, his yeah. camera and all of a sudden he, or his phone and he can't control the drone anymore. Just like oh, shenanigans geez. like that. Good, good hearted fun. We yeah, had a lot yeah. of good hearted fun on that tour. Did you um, uh, but tour yeah. outside of the country on that too? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So from there, it was like, you know, we did a couple full U.S. tours, went to Europe, we came back, I think we did another U.S. tour, uh, 
that's right. That was with Dive. That was straight into, oh, nice. man, oh my God, now I'm remembering all this. Yeah, okay. This is like kind of block some of this out. We did like six-week tour in the U.S. We're home for like two weeks. Did five weeks in Europe. We're home for three days oh. and then did four weeks in the U.S. Damn. And needless to say, in the back half of that U.S. tour, I was just like, oh my God, is this the life? This is right. crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, we kind of had gone down. We went from like the the glamorous ooh, we got this cool bus like summer tour with all our friends around to like <clears throat> in, in a sprinter in a van in europe which is cool it's fine hotels right. and all that it's great i mean you sleep like three hours a night but right. it is what it is yeah and then uh the last couple tours we've taken out one of these are uh bandwagon things oh, which yeah. is like an you know it's cool uh it's like an rv but it's it's a box truck with a bunch of bunks in it is what oh, it is nice. and, and, and it, it handles like that yeah. so you know oh, uh but but yeah, after all that, it was just like, whoa, okay, okay. But you could, t- I was I was relieved to see that I was far from the only person that was like, dude, what, what are we, what, how the hell are we still on tour? Like, right. what are we doing out here? Yeah. Um, but then you know you do all, you do all that, and and then you get to go to the really fun, interesting places. Not that those aren't fun and interesting, right, right. but like you know, um, like we went, yeah, that's right. So then last year. No, not not last year. I keep saying that. Last year didn't happen. <laughs> I know, there man. was no last year. So every I time I say that, it's like, dude, you mean 2019? Yeah, uh, yeah. But we did. Um, we went down to New Zealand and Australia, and that oh, was nice. needless to say that was incredible. Yeah. Um, came back and did a co-headliner with Baroness in the U.S. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, those guys are great. Uh, yeah. Obviously, an incredible, incredible band. Oh, yeah. uh, really sucked. The, the shitty thing about a he- co-headliner is that you kind of switch back and forth who's oh, headlining yeah. Yeah. each night. Needless to say, those nights after them was just like, dude, man. And, you know, <laughs> they've got there. all this yeah. stuff sonically, like all this production, and they yeah. sound like a million bucks, and we're still just five guys out there with a, a couple guitars and stuff trying to make it sound like, yeah, you know. Yeah really big um but that was great and yeah. then yeah what do we do i feel like we went back, we went back to europe um did a co-headliner with touche amore which was awesome nice um another band i didn't i didn't really definitely didn't know personally i wasn't super familiar with their music but uh just an awesome band and yeah. they do pretty well over there it was cool nice. to see how how well they went over yeah. um and to kind of share our audiences and again like confuse uh when they were headlining and we played right before them you could tell who was who was there for who <laughs> right right <laughs> you know yeah. uh some confused looks when we're playing glass beats and stuff <laughs> yeah. um which is how it goes being yeah. in this band you you know yeah. um but yeah then we did asia and it was crazy we did uh the philippines and oh, wow. like japan and a couple shows in china and uh thailand you know all these places i definitely definitely had never been before yeah. so that, must have been that was the that was the like okay cool 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 this is the kind of the other side of the coin after you've been grinding it and grinding right, it grinding right. it yeah. still grinding it but just in a in a really strange and interesting and different place so better things to look at and, you know yeah exactly now all of a sudden everything oh my god that street light looks crazy you know it's everything yeah, is, right. is so far and cool in, but, in, yeah. in the middle of this uh the uh deaf heaven gets nominated for a grammy yeah exactly um what, what, what was, and you went to you guys you went to that right yeah we got to do the whole thing needless yeah. to say uh uh the fact that this band let alone with a 14 minute long song getting nominated for a it's, grammy it's, i was just like amazing yeah i was like dude you can't even play that on the radio what are we even <laughs> talking about uh, it just seemed like yeah. this whole world that i i i'm like 
how are their eyes even on us? This is like completely insane. Yeah. Um, so that was a very cool text message to wake up to. Yeah. Uh, pretty crazy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So, yep, we got the nomination. That was obviously completely insane. And yeah. then we got to go to the Grammys, which was completely insane. Yeah. Um, I say completely insane. It wasn't. It was just the most fish out of water experience I've <laughs> yeah. had in my life. Yeah. All went by pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like we're walking down this thing. I'm like, oh man, this, this crazy, like long, uh, sort of like corridor thing set up with all this like press booths on one side and then all the like walls with the backdrop where you take your photo and stuff. And oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh, what the f- oh, fuck, we're at- this is the red carpet. What, what the hell? <laughs> I thought they'd like let us in the back door or something, right. you know? Like, <laughs> Um, so that was, that was, uh, very unexpected and, and really cool to kind of get that treatment, but yeah. it's very funny how, how quickly, um, the like people that maybe, okay. So like we've got our, um, like publicist press person and, and she's kind of walking us around and she's like, Oh, okay. I've got this band deaf heaven here. Uh, if you want to do a quick interview and you know, they'd be like, Oh, what are they nominated for? And it's like, Oh, best performance of a metal song. And you could just see the person be like, Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. This isn't for them. Kind right. of thing, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. so that was a little bit of, you know, like kind of take you back down a peg, which is good. That's what you want. Yeah. Um, and of course the metal category, like the classical category and international is all not televised. Yeah. Um, so it's, you're like, okay, this is a little more reasonable. It's still completely fucking insane. Cause it's a Grammy, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and honestly, as needless to say, disappointing as it was to not get it, um, to have high on fire, be the band that took it. I was yeah, like, I dude, know, right? yeah. hell yeah. I was yeah. like, that's like a life lifetime achievement award. Yeah, that's yeah. They have like 12 records, you yeah. know, I don't know. Yeah. And, um, I had done it for, um, I was doing sound for doom riders and oh, yeah. we did a tour with, with high and fire. So I got yeah. to know those guys a bit. And, um, Alyssa, Matt Pike's wife is a, is a really good friend of mine. We actually played her basement with, as riff cannon, I think oh, okay. if I'm not mistaken yeah. <laughs> in Philly. Oh, nice. Um, so it was kind of like, wow, cool, great. It's those guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And dude, the acceptance speech was so funny. Pike was just like, I don't know. You never gave a shit about us the last 20 years. So, but uh, thanks, I guess kind of right. thing. And I was like, Whoa, that was, that was great. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Cool. And the little, they, you know, they have like a little, um, pre, I mean, little, it's the Grammy pre-party, but they have like a party thing the night before, which was just like pretty cool. Again, yeah. extreme fish out of water, yeah, especially of for me. I mean, at yeah. least those other guys have kind of got a little bit of this stuff, but I'm just the goofy guy from Boston. Like, right, Oh my right. God, like look at so-and-so, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but so no, no, yeah, it was cool. It was yeah. very cool. And then we immediately went right from there to New Zealand and it was just like, so, so crazy. Yeah. There's a whirlwind few weeks right there. Yeah. <laughs> I will bet, say right? but, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so 2020 happens and, uh, yeah. So you're, you're, what have you, what have you done the last, I know you did these, uh, these, these live series, but th- throughout the year, like at the beginning of when this started happening, did, did you have stuff planned like tours with any bands or recording? Man, did we ever, uh, yeah, we had, we canceled a, it was like a full full ass tour it was over six weeks um and we canceled a six-week tour it was our um the it's kind of silly but i i get the concept it was uh 
what is it called? 10 years gone is what oh, they, yeah. we called the yeah. live record. Yeah. It was basically 10 years of the band having released music. So essentially yeah. it was the 10 year anniversary of the demo, which yeah. is kind of cool, but yeah. you don't really bill it as that. Cause what, what does that even mean? You know? Right, so, right, right. Um, but it was, anyways, it was this big, like I had learned vertigo, which is like a 15 minute long song. Yeah. Like we'd learned a bunch of, bunch of the back catalog, yeah. um, in preparation for this tour, which is actually kind of cool. Um, and sort of being like, wow, this is interesting playing the stuff from way back when right. it's like a screamo black metal. I don't even yeah, know yeah. what kind of band, you yeah, know, yeah. um, something else, something different. Uh, but, um, yeah. So yeah, long story short, exactly. We were like four days out from, I mean, I th- shit, I think I was less than that. I think it was like, uh, I was supposed to fly out on Friday yeah. and by like Wednesday night, it was like, Oh no, no, no. This pandemic is going to be, this isn't going to be done in six weeks or, right. you know, we're pulling the plug for now. Hopefully like the fall, it'll be all good right. or something. You know, that's what everybody was saying it's in crazy. early it's March crazy. at that point. It is, it is. Um, but yeah, man, we had that. Um, we had some like unannounced stuff that I think has been rescheduled that I probably can't name particularly, yeah. but we were going back to Australia. Nice. We we're going to play. So we had like a grueling tour and it was a bunch of it was smaller venues. It was two nights in a lot of these cities, um, kind of different set list each night and stuff. And again, we like put a lot of work into this yeah, yeah. 10, 10 year anniversary tour. Right. Um, and then so, yeah, we had <clears throat> back back down Australia. We had uh, a couple of Euro Europe dates and I was stoked because, I mean, I'm, you know, ever since even I've been doing sound for bands and shit, it's like the travel aspect is like almost half of the motivation to yeah, keep yeah, doing course. it you know yeah. so we were looking at we we're supposed to play like uh, we we're gonna play uh, moscow we we're supposed to play oh, istanbul wow. yeah. i was just like holy shit that sounds crazy you know and yeah. okay hey man it'll be there it'll come back but, yeah uh, but yeah so we had big ass tour a couple decent paying festivals all the stuff because we were about to get off the road for a few few months right. um to to like write another record and hopefully record the record and stuff like that yeah. um which is still in the works now i've flown out there a couple times oh, okay. um but uh yeah hopefully you know we're getting there we're getting to the point where we're probably gonna have to put out a record before we can tour i think yeah. but maybe it won't come to that i don't know but right. i think at a certain it's like and then that's kind of what a lot of these bands are faced with right now like uh touche i mentioned them they put yeah. out a record in the fall that was done I think they were going to like do a, a record release like pretty much in the spring when right. the shit hits. Yeah. You're just like, holy god damn it. So you sit on it for a few months and yeah. then you're like, we have to put this thing out, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, put out the record and then see what next year looks like yeah. kind of thing. So we were at least fortunate enough that that, that fortunate enough that that, you know, didn't happen. But yeah. um I don't, I don't think this thing was convenient for anybody, no, but you look no, at, no, no, you no. look at how, how, like how inconvenient it was for some is definitely worse than others. Like, like Chelsea Wolf, yeah. man, they were, they were over in Europe already. So they had already, you know, they ate the plane tickets and everything. Yeah. They were over there rehearsing in like a rented out facility, uh, you know, with their European sound in yeah. lighting people and stuff, you know, it, they were probably like a few days or a weekend or something, you know, I'm sure it wasn't a week, but they were right. a few days in over there, wherever. And all of a sudden it's like, you have to now fly back to the U S which, Oh cool. They like tripled the cost of all these plane tickets and oh, stuff too. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, you look at the nut and you're like, dude, did we just lose like $40,000 yeah, yeah. as like a conservative estimate? Like, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's not, you know, it's not even missed money. It's like you, these are bills that you yeah, owe yeah. now because yeah. you didn't get to make the money. So, you yeah, know, exactly. 
So yes. I really can't complain, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's... I will. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's something I've talked about with some of the other artists uh, I've had on mm. here in the last few months is, um, you know, when, the, when this all sort of comes back, it's going to be kind of a logistical nightmare like having like so many Man. bands are going to want to tour but there's only so many venues and absolutely booking. so it's it's going to be a a long process which sucks for people that do this for a living as musicians or people that work at club you know this as you yep. know so many people are affected by this not just uh, the actual musicians you know yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's mean, you really you hit the nail on the head, the logistical nightmare of like, what is routing even look like now, yeah, yeah. especially once you talk about this, this, you know, the small venue in the small city, it's like, oh, well, that's definitely not there anymore. So yeah. it's like, okay, well, we, we skip those two entire states, you know, right, we don't play right. Kansas yeah, at all. Right. It's like, you know, but what I, what I think, what I think happens and maybe uh, I'm just, uh, you know, looking at the glass being half full kind of thing is like, I, I, I have a feeling that where are you based out of, by the way? I'm in uh, Rentham, like right by Rhode Island. I'm from the North Shore. Oh, yeah. I, I, I grew gotcha. up in uh, Swampscott and Salem in that area, but I, I live down here now. Gotcha, gotcha. I thought I thought you were like very local. I was just yeah, making yeah, sure, like yeah. when I say things like the Paradise or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, because yeah. I mean, if you look at all, you know, you, you look at all the clubs that we lost this year. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah, you know. And I mean, some of them, like unfortunately, Great Scott was, I, I think, was kind of on the chopping block yeah. anyways and yeah. this was just the death blow yeah um it looks like they're gonna get that other location they at are. regina nice. though i don't oh, want them knocking on wood right there right. um but you know you what anyways what i was gonna say is like i think it's like when one door closes another opens and i, I have a feeling it's gonna be you're gonna see more like more shows in diy spaces like yeah, yeah. your your average show that was going to happen at great scott might happen at like the icc or something yeah, like that yeah. you know and cambridge elks club is going to be booked out upstairs and downstairs yeah. you know I, I mean you're going to see that's at least what i think it's going to be more like going into a function space with like a couple pa speakers on sticks and like okay let's put on a show yeah, yeah. and i think people are going to be super stoked for that yeah. you know what i mean like that's yeah. just a good you know it's a it's definitely a, a big reset for everybody yeah. you know yeah um it is going to be an absolute nightmare logistically <laughs> but yeah and let alone i mean like you said you know clubs are gone people might have moved on to different industries yeah. like promoters might do something else sound engineers might do something else you know um and then you just kind of you know we're just going to see how the cards land and yeah. yeah you know i think a lot of people have sort of I'd like to think at least, um, Ben keeping in touch and making sure, Hey man, yeah, you yeah. still good. Like, yeah, are yeah. You, you know, uh, that only goes so far, but I think it's, I think it's important. And I think part of that too is like, I am, you know, I am doing okay. If I really think about it, and right. I am definitely still all about this life now that I think yeah, about yeah. it, you know, like, yeah, yeah I'm going to keep being a promoter. Sure. Or like, you know, whatever your, your job was. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's probably wishful thinking and that's definitely not going to be everybody. That's for sure. Yeah. But, you know, it's, um, it's been a good, I mean, it's been terrible for, you know, fans not being able to see live music, but it's also been interesting because artists have been doing different stuff like the, you know, the live covers and live streaming events and different, absolutely. Uh, uh, merchandise and limited merchandise and that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah. So has helped, uh, you know, it's, people are happy to, give musicians they love money right now is that you know, as long as you're working and have money you know but i know that's kind of the thing exactly and i think that's sort of at least been the vibe is it seems like people are more apt to they're like you know what i am working I, I this didn't 
other than my mental well-being, this thing hasn't really affected me too much. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. and like, God forbid, there's no, there's nothing to spend your money on anyways. So you're like, fine, I'll take three t-shirts yeah. instead of one or whatever, yeah. you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> a little bit more to your point though. And, and that thing that just came out the other day, it's really cool to see, um, and not that I've actually seen it yet, but I'd like to <laughs> that uh, split split still thing. Oh that yeah, was like cave in and, cave, yeah. cave in and every time yeah. I die, yeah, like which is so funny because it's such an old school concept. Like, yeah. oh, let's put out a seven inch and like yeah, yeah, yeah. each band will cover Can't one of each other's other. songs or something yeah. like that, you know. Um, and it looked like it went really, yeah. really well for yeah, them. Like I, I saw, like yeah, yeah, I saw a bunch of like positive feedback um, on online and stuff, which is awesome. So yeah, yeah. I yeah, think it's like it's like anything in especially in the music industry or like in any kind of like art related industry, it's like the hustlers are the ones that usually make it. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. I think, I think this is really, you know, it's going to be unfortunate and kind of a little bit unfair that it seems like it's only the hustlers that are yeah. going to survive, but it definitely will kind of sort out for good or bad, yeah. you know, kind of where people are at and, you know, how much things really matter to them, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but uh awesome. yeah and you did and you did this uh did you record all these you did this series of live records the uh, day of doom uh oh yeah yeah elephant yeah that was that was pretty cool yeah yeah so and that was pretty uh as an engineer it was pretty cool to be like well um this is one fell swoop of like four <laughs> albums that are yeah, going yeah. to vinyl like yeah. hell yeah that's sick um yeah and it was a little like uh i wouldn't say haphazard but it was kind of like, yeah, man, we're going to like, you know, we're going to go down there and we're going to have the show and like we'll record it and stuff. And I was kind of like, OK, well, like what, what what do you need from me sort of vibe, you right, know, right. and, uh, you know, we got there and it was a little crazy like any show is, let alone a show at St. Vitus. And right. it was just like, I'm going to put these mics up and it's going to tape or, you know, my computer. But uh, I'm not 100 percent sure what this is going to sound like, but I've recorded in this room before yeah. to point all the mics at the sun. I'm sure it's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and fortunately it was, and you know, the bands killed it, honestly, yeah, dude, yeah. that, uh, you know, it's tough to play favorites, but I will say that horse hunter, the horse yeah. hunter one is like phenomenal. Yeah. It, that band is so good. And what a weird blend of like, like really like oppressive, brutal, like kind of black metal influences. Yeah. yeah I wasn't, with, even, I wasn't like, uh, familiar with them. Until I, I, I wasn't either. And I was kind of like, you know, okay. Magnetic guy. I, I, kind of have an idea of maybe what this band sounds like i'm yeah. sure they're you know kind of stoner rocky or whatever and i was just like this is fucking awesome man holy <laughs> yeah. shit you know uh and yeah just really <clears throat> really weird interesting like really tasteful instrumentation and you know just I, I i don't know i was i was very blown away and i was very stoked to mix and record and mix and master yeah. i had to do all of it on yeah, that stuff yeah. so yeah, yeah pretty fair I was gonna say you had posted uh, on social media a while back. How I think there was one Friday where it was like four or five records that came out that you all you had a hand in. Oh yeah, that was crazy. I was like, I mean, it's all gonna come out at some time. And yeah, I did yeah. four of them or those four records. So, <laughs> yeah. but I was just like, ooh, yeah, today feels pretty good. I gotta yeah. say, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was cool. <clears throat> well, that's cool, man. You've, that's awesome. You've managed to stay busy in this uh, during this and. That, that's the thing is like i i'm at i'm at the what i've got going for me at the very least is like you know i, I used to own a recording studio a few years ago with a couple guys <clears throat> we broke that up i have a house in brighton and i've just like kind of put all the gear down there and it's worked out that yeah. like i've 
mostly, honestly, with uh, the big bump <laughs> from being in deaf heaven, just a little bit more visibility. Um, I've just been able to, you know, I haven't been working super like it hasn't, what am I trying to say here? I haven't been like flat out busy, but I've right. been much more, much busier than I thought I was going to be mixing, uh, stuff for people that I don't know. People yeah, that are yeah. just sending, sending yeah. me tracks. So, yeah. um, that was a, was a very pleasant surprise because yeah. man, uh, <laughs> yeah, you got to fill your time with something, <sighs> yeah. especially in the winter around here. It's oh, like, I man, know. we got to gotta do something <laughs> yeah, yeah this is the, but, the point where it starts to get the dead of winter you know it's getting yeah. late, a little earlier lately but it's, it's still exactly that, yeah. that point february and march is uh yep usually pretty terrible here <laughs> yeah sure is yeah. <laughs> um yeah anyway uh i appreciate you uh doing this for me man this has been uh, yeah for sure this has been cool good talking talk to you, to you. I'll, yeah, uh, definitely. I'll talk to you soon all right all right cool all right take, take care man